Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2009 film Obsessed, starring Beyonce and Idris Elba. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do go ahead and listen without having seen the film, just be aware there may be plot spoilers. Enjoy. Hello. Oh, hello. Can you see how ridiculous my hair's getting? Look at this shit. I can. It is beautiful. It is pure 80s love. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing, but it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> Maybe that's why everyone was so angry in the 80s, was keeping up the feathered hair. It was just too much. Yeah, and nobody, really, nobody remembers this in the 80s, right? But everyone was furious. First draft of all those John Hughes films, you know... Breakfast Club, it's just all those kids just punching each other in a room for 90 minutes. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, They mess with to... the bull and they get the horns. <laughs> when you listen to the Clash's iconic albums from the 80s, um, you know, you think that all of the, the anger is about injustice. Um, then uh, actually it's not. It's about... Uh, <laughs> It's about how angry they are about their hair. Combat Rock is about trying to make sure that their hair is as rock solid as it needs to be to not fall out of shape. <laughs> should I stay or should I go was originally called Should I Fight or Should I Fight? <laughs> exactly. Rock the Casbah, fight the fight. <laughs> I love that song. It's, it is great. It is great. Because they had a couple of... I mean, obviously, everyone thinks about London Calling, which is, you know, an amazing uh, album from the 70s. But that song, but, London Calling, I, I'm bored of it. It's like kind of everywhere and celebrated as this great song. It's like, mm, yeah, it's all right. You know, they've got much better stuff. Well, I think the problem is that it's been played so heavily, hasn't it? Um, that um, that it's kind of overdone it. I, th- I think from that album, The Guns of Brixton is a better track, personally. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dismiss London Calling. I think the problem is that, yeah, a lot of people have parodied it and, 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 and done it over like that. But I, I, I think the, the 80s stuff of The Clash might be a little bit better. I think Combat Rock is an amazing album. Yeah. Um, when, personally. When was the album with, um, the self-titled album? Was that? Oh, what the? I think that was early, wasn't it? Yeah, because that's the one that I had that I played like over and over again. Uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's seventy seven. Blimey, all the way back in seventy seven. Yeah. yeah, and actually, um, you, you talked about London Calling. That's seventy nine. Blimey. Yeah, yeah. I had London Calling, Combat Rock, and Sandinista, um, which is which is good. I I like it. It's a little bit a little bit underrated. I I'd say. Um, in comparison to some of their other stuff, um, but uh, but yeah, I think they're a good band or old Clash. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, for sure. I think that one that people it's easy to think of them as this great iconic punk band that sort of old gets like, but actually they are good. Yeah, I think I think it's that they took a lot of risks that um that a lot of punk bands in particular didn't take. Because what's interesting about punk is that musically it's actually a very 
when you think of kind of like the core bands, it's actually very conservative in its approach and there's not much experimentation. Um, Even nowadays, when you hear punk music, very rarely does it push the envelope. And I think the various different strands of punk, like like crust punk, which is one of the stupidest genre names. uh, (laughs) I still refuse to accept that that's real. It doesn't exist. It's something that that like the onion made up. <laughs> um, I think that there's a lot. Not of... not the onion. What's that other one? The hard times. That's the one. The hard times. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It, I think there's a lot of um, that. There's a lot of pushback about anything that's that's different, and and that's the same with pop punk as well. Um, when you listen to a pop punk song, uh, I'm gonna cause some hate here, possibly from you, but. They all kind of sound the same, don't they? Fuck you. <laughs> How dare you? you How know, very dare and, you? I know I, I love pop punk when I was a win, but... Um, Is but it yeah. even still a thing, pop punk? Pop punk's still a thing, It yeah. doesn't exist anymore, does it? Surely. It still exists. I think we now need to follow a pop side, side podcast about new metal with one about pop punk. <laughs> I think we definitely could. There's enough of it. But I think, again, that is there enough variation within pop punk? Um, now, do you class a band like The Offspring, for example, as a pop punk band? Yeah, I would do. Because, you know, they, they've done a lot of interesting things and made lots of great albums over the years. And they're not as goofy as the what you might think as the atypical pop punk band, which is something like Blink-182, right? I'd say they're goofy, but they're more goofy in a knowing way. Yeah, um, for sure. Which which I, there's a lot of deliberate goof. Remember, of course, that Blink-182 did release a song called Fuck a Dog. Um, yeah you know dexter from the offspring he's got a phd in microbiology he doesn't get up there and go shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker like blink 182 do yeah. that song where they just say swear words they just swear. the offspring never stooped that low did yeah. they um yeah so although there's some very silliness there i think there's a maturity to the silliness if that makes any sense there, there's a there's a there's a sense of understanding of the immaturity that i think a lot of the other bands didn't have um but but I think I think pop punk has kind of it's it's kind of blended with with um with the post hardcore scene, um and and like the emo scene. So when you listen to a lot of relatively popular rock bands that are around nowadays, I think those three scenes have kind of blended together into this homogenous music that has the choruses of pop punk, the the occasional riffing of post hardcore and the vocal stylings of, of emo. And it's, that's what every rock band sounds like now. Yeah, and it's for thirty people in their early 30s like us anyway. Kids aren't listening to this stuff. Well, I think kids are listening to it. No, kids um, don't listen to guitar music anymore. <laughs> they, Do you not know this? They're yeah. only listening to, like, down-tempo, really, really moody electronic music <laughs> yeah, made, no. made by teenagers in their bedrooms. That's but, all that kids listen to. All they listen to is old Massive Attack B-sides. That's what's popular <laughs> with kids these days. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. It's all, it's, every, every youngster is just listening to Nicki Minaj. Yeah, that's it. For sure. That, that's the only artist that young people listen to, these damn Zoomers. <laughs> <laughs> I think, if anything, Nicki Minaj is too upbeat for today's teenagers. <laughs> they want... They want, um, yeah, they they want sad, sad electronica. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, which just shows I should have been around in this era because sad electronica, that's my jam. That's, that's your thing, yeah. Yeah, love a bit of sad electro. Nowadays, sad electro is not sad enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too uplifting for you. It's it's all like Billie Eilish. 
It's like, no, yeah. that's not sad enough for me. Nah, rubbish. Give, give they, they haven't even heard of guitars. <laughs> What's a guitar? Guitar. She hasn't even heard of Van Halen. <laughs> Did you hear about that? Oh yeah, that made me laugh so much. I don't even know if she said that for a laugh or not, but that is hilarious. But legitimately, would you have heard of Van Halen if you were of her generation? <laughs> Probably not. No, yeah. and why should you? No, exactly. I think. You know, it's apart a really... from the fact that was it Eddie Van Halen threatened to shoot Fred Durst or pull the gun on him? <laughs> <laughs> there was this thing. This should be on our other podcast, obviously. But yes, he, yeah. there was this whole thing where there was like a, a collaboration between Limp Bizkit and Eddie Van Halen that never got off the ground because Eddie Van Halen was furious that they were smoking weed, and then he came around and knocked on the door of Fred Durst's house while brandishing a gun. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the thing is that they. They um, they've not really done anything since in like the last five to ten years, have they, Van Halen? Well, they've not done anything since about nineteen eighty-two. Have no, they, but Van I, but Halen? I, but I mean, they've been touring and things like that. Um, but they haven't that like in between when they actually released music and around ten years ago. I swear they were touring a lot, but I don't oh. think they've done anything for a while since then. And so, like, why would someone who's who's only been in the industry for a couple of years and who is literally a teenager know who Van Halen were? Give, bearing in mind that Van Halen aren't exactly the first name that you think of when you think of good guitar music. <laughs> that depends on whether you read guitar magazines or not. Like, I, I don't think, you know, I think maybe there's a little bit more to be said about if she'd said, I don't know who the Beatles are or... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been even more hilarious <laughs> which would have been funny or like who were the i would have Stones? so much respect for her if, if she said that but but at the same time you know that would obviously be a lie whereas i think you know why would young people know who van halen are okay, name a van halen song i don't i don't think i can even name a van halen song off the top of my head jump jump might as well jump <laughs> you said that with such disdain i i don't like i don't mind van halen jump come on um ain't talking about love that's a good that's a good riff <laughs> uh, hot for teacher hot for teacher that's it that's what i was gonna say i always assumed that the reason they didn't do anything after the 80s is because david lee roth was hot for teacher and then he married the teacher and settled <laughs> down and had kids it's, it's like the scene from up yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> he puts his guitar down. Yeah. And then, <laughs> um, She's never even seen up. Unbelievable. <laughs> She's, ne- <laughs> She's not even seen Toy Story. She's only seen Toy Story 3. <laughs> um, so, I think a lot of people would have suggested that young people should be obsessed with Van Halen. Yeah, say. for sure. And, As they were in 1982 or whenever, <laughs> not in the year um, 2009 when this film came out. And yeah, so that leads us into a movie that I am now obsessed with, a movie called Obsessed. <laughs> um, did you? Did were you, you obsessed before you saw the movie Obsessed, or did you have to see the movie Obsessed to become obsessed with the movie Obsessed? <laughs> I had to see the movie Obsessed before. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I got a temp job with the movie Obsessed, and then, you know... <laughs> and then I, you ruined it. I realised how great it was, and I decided that I needed to, to be obsessed with the movie Obsessed. Um, well, I you... would never guess the temp. 
Have you? Have you? Uh... That's my impression of Idris Elba's accent in this film. <laughs> I th- I think Idris Elba generally, I think he does a decent um, American accent. I've seen him do a lot of American accents um, over the years um, because if you're an English actor, generally you've got to do it at some point. <laughs> unfortunately do you um, find that sometimes with some british actors it's totally fine and then with others you can never get out of your head you're like it's such and such person it depends i guess it depends what you know them from or if you think of them as an intrinsically british actor you find it difficult and i'm struggling to get to think of any examples apart from someone who's not british who's irish who's chris o'dowd which is after you knew him from being in the it crowd um and like other stuff where he's very irish I saw him then in some terrible romantic comedy where he was putting on an American accent and I was like, I can't watch it. I genuinely cannot see it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I get that with some people, but often I can get it out of my head if they're good at doing the accent. So have you seen Knives Out yet? No, I have not. Daniel Craig has the best American accent in that. It's a real but- sort of like New Orleans draw and he does it perfectly. And you don't think of him as, oh, it's James Bond. He, he takes but there's you. a goof factor to that film, isn't there? There is, but it's a good goof factor. Um, it's a kind of goof factor where you get wrapped up in the entire plot and performance and character. Um, I so think it's... if there's a goof factor, it's okay. Because it's entirely possible. I don't remember what this fucking film was with Chris O'Dowd in it. It was terrible. See, this is the thing. Even a, a, <laughs> what's ostensibly a comedy is not funny if, if there's no goof factor. And you can have a romantic comedy that exists without goof factor, right? No. I'm exactly. going to have to look this up because it's going to bug me. <laughs> um, I love how, so, how, how much effort's going into looking up this terrible movie that you've watched. Um, but Idris Elba, generally, I think he does a decent American accent. And this one is okay, but I, don't, I wouldn't put it as a good English-American accent. No, but um, it's not that bad. But there no. are certain moments when it slips, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> when it when it's just like it's oh, Idris Elba. <laughs> oh, Luther's come back. Hello, Luther. You know, um, I never saw yeah. that. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. Um, and you can watch um, it. All Friends with Kids. This film was called Friends with Kids. That's the most boring name for a film I've ever heard in my and life. And it is a it is a boring, stupid film. Um, the one thing I would Which say we about- should watch. <laughs> Um, the one thing I would say about Idris Elba's accent in this movie is that somehow it's still better than Beyonce's American accent. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> that, that's is, her actual voice. <laughs> she is bad in this film. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like your music, but this is not a good movie and you should be bad, feel bad for being in it and making it worse. For um, essentially just playing herself if she was married <laughs> to a guy in the suburbs yeah, and didn't make music. And didn't do anything. Her character does nothing. Um, so, so obsessed. Obsessed, right. Um, I'm so glad we watched this. This, is, this was a lot of fun to watch. Um, this is a shit piece, right? This is a shit piece. This is definitely a shit piece. This is the kind of movie that Secret Obsession could have been, yeah. I'd say. Um, and I enjoyed watching Secret Obsession because that is a, a, a trash fire in its own right. That's also a shit piece. Yeah. Um, but this was a high budget shit piece, um, which I... But still looks old. Did oh, you think yeah. that? Like, it, it was, looks way older than 2009. And this that's only like 11 years ago. But yeah, this, this it, looks... Mo- it looks like a movie from around 1999, 2000, I'd say. Um, yeah. And uh, the only thing that gives it away that it's not is that they're constantly putting 
2008-2009 pop music in it. <laughs> yeah, Every just like shoehorned in there. Quite incongruously, actually. Yeah, parts, yeah. In does. a way that really did not complement the score. No, no, definitely not. It's very Which was odd. like, basically, for most of the film, you just had this kind of low-level, like, annoying marimba music, like, that's supposed to be tense, but actually just sounds stupid, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. It's it's really dumb. It's really dumb. Um, so so obsessed is about Idris Elba and Beyonce. They play Derek and Sharon. Um, I think those names would be much better if it was set in England. So you had a British guy called Derek and his wife. That Sharon. sounds like a couple who run a chip shop. <laughs> exactly, and it should have been about a couple that run a chip shop, and they get in a new, <laughs> a new, a new delivery a driver for their fish and chips. Yes. Um, I'm temping in a chip shop. Temping in a chip shop who then falls in love with... Wasn't that a 1999 hit for the band um, Corner Shop? (laughs) Temping in a chip shop. (laughs) Can I get some scampi? Why don't you love me? (laughs) You get the free scraps at the end of the day. But where is your scraps of love? (laughs) <laughs> um yeah that's a song um so so idris elba is is a big businessman who does finance um <laughs> beyonce used to be his assistant and now has his baby um yeah so and, of course she gave up work and she gave up work and wants to get back to work but that's a plot point that never really goes anywhere uh, she's going back to school oh she's going back to school of course yeah because she's doing all the learning she gets which is american for college yeah um and um but then there is a new temp in idris elba's big finance building played by ali lata who we love she who we great. love friend of the podcast friend of the podcast she always listens in she's a big fan yeah and we're a big fan of her um yeah so she is lisa the temp that comes in and instantly They're always called lisa <laughs> instantly becomes, you're tearing me apart lisa <laughs> she is tearing them apart um <laughs> She instantly becomes a sexual predator in the workplace, basically. Yeah. It's fucking horrible and just decides, right, I'm going to fall in love with and have sex with Idris Elba's Derek. Um, not put off by the fact that he is called Derek, which, no. which shows its true love. But she um, seems to turn predatory like in one second, where suddenly she follows him into <laughs> yeah. the toilet and grabs him. And you're like, oh, okay, this has taken a turn. Yeah, I mean, we knew where this was going because we knew what the setup was, but like the way it happens is really, really jarring. Yeah, it's it's very, very difficult. Um, where she's flirting with him, he's not flirting back. Um, and then one moment later, she follows him into the toilet and then tries to have sex with him. Um, and then <laughs> later on, turns up in his car wearing lingerie and wearing a lot a long like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a flash. Like, coat. what's the yeah, the flash, flasher coat, a Rick Astley style Mac. Yeah, she's never going to give him up. Uh, what's that character, McGruff the Crime Dog? She's wearing like a <laughs> yeah. McGruff the Crime Dog she's, coat. She's sexy McGruff the Crime Dog, which uh, you know a lot of hot-blooded males they turn that they find that hard to turn down. Sexy crime yeah. dog. Um, but it's, but Idris the Elba, secret ingredient is crime. But Idris Elba is married, as he makes perfectly clear about fifteen times by saying, "I'm a married man." Um, to While his, she's somehow managing to be lying down in her lingerie in his car in a very strange angle, I don't know how they got that angle. <laughs> it's the stalker angle. It's, yeah, you know, 
you got to be a stalker to pull it off. Um, but yeah, so, so Idris Elba says I'm married or I'm, I'm a married man or I've got a kid or I've got a family or I'm out. I'm retired from the game, etc. Yeah, um, yeah. Probably about fifteen to twenty times as part as of as many like cringe masculine bro sports metaphors as you can throw into yeah. it. Yeah, um, and it's always either around his horrible toxic masculine workplace or to the woman who's basically sexually assaulting him, um, yeah. and then later rapes him. I think it's worth pointing out. Um, yeah, this is uh, one of the movies where they do not treat that with the same amount of concern that they should. And it's not good. Um, and they think that if they don't show it, you won't assume that that's what happened. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's it's very horrible. Um, and you know it's coming because this is the kind of movie where that would happen. But it's weird seeing it in what is a very milk toast film in general. Yeah. Um, Other than that, it's pretty toothless, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what disappointed me. And I knew that, I mean, Beyonce would not be in anything where it turned into a horrible murder fest at the end um, because obviously it would not be good for her brand um, to to be in something that controversial. Um, but it still needed that. Not back it? then. If they were making this film these days, there'd be murders every 10 seconds because <laughs> murder's popular society now. society is obsessed with murder now. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I, I think it needed that, didn't it? It needed, um, it needed an end scene that was almost like a slasher movie to really put it off a bit like secret obsession pulled it off in terms what of happened at the end of that film i've totally forgot well basically they had a big fight in the house but it went on for long a long time and it was it was concerning um whereas in this they kind of don't really do a lot and then she falls down a hole in the ceiling <laughs> and then gets killed by a chandelier spoiler alert um it's it's bad yeah. and then the movie very abruptly ends but you don't see it like piercing her or anything do you and it's sort of like lying on top of her and not completely on her the angle of it was really weird and it was like i was like is she dead yeah but it's because they couldn't get away with um they couldn't get away with doing that kind of thing while still making such a weak film that, yeah that didn't want to be controversial at all um so yeah so they can get away with the crime that is making a pun on temp and temptress Temptress, more like. Temptress, Lol. more like. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, this this movie is the ultimate ode to toxic masculinity, both in terms of how it impacts on men and women. Um, so we're going to be doing a really deep philosophical reading of this absolute trash fire here, <laughs> but I think it deserves it. Um, that's what that's what we're here for. This is what we do. So so let's talk first about um, about Kant. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, let, let's talk about the characters first, and then we'll go on to what oh, this movie, what this movie wants to represent to the audience, and how the toxic masculinity element ties into the audience. So, to begin with, let's look at the the male characters in this movie, um, where you have Idris Elba, who is trying to be, and I think his character is probably the most sympathetic in this movie, where he's trying to joke around with this temp to begin with, but then realizes, oh wait, she's taking it too far. I need to. Back he's trying off. to be nice. Um, like he's on the fringe of the bro culture in the office he says enough bro things to be popular with the bros but he's not like a super bro because he's married and he's nice yeah and and he's not he's not kind of acting on anything um so he should really be calling it out to hr that the ceo of their company is a lecherous creep you know that's the kind of thing that shouldn't shouldn't go on 
Um, but HR probably bros themselves. Indeed. But but when it comes to the inappropriate behavior in the workplace, he actually goes through the right steps in terms of, you know, um, stepping back, not physically engaging, um, and then um, reporting it to HR where it turns out that she's left the role. Yeah. Um, so he's actually going through all of the appropriate measures where his element of toxic masculinity comes in is thinking i can handle this without talking to my wife and and this is a movie that relies heavily on we do not have communication Um, yeah (laughs) no no one talks to anybody all could have been solved with a text message yeah yeah, literally Uh, what was that other film where it was like that oh god so many so many films that we that we watch. <laughs> Probably at least half of the films that we've watched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mobile phones do not exist in cinema. That's rule number one of writing a script. Um, but but yeah, it, it, this movie could have been resolved by him telling his wife. His wife saying, mm, "We should probably report this to someone because his behaviour is a bit dodgy." Her then getting the sack, and then if she comes around again, then getting a restraining order. Yeah, you know, sorted, done, dusted. Um, but he doesn't. He keeps it to himself, and that's where his toxic masculinity comes into it. Where the the men in his company come into it is, um, going. Oh, I wish she was like that with me. And eventually, his big bro friend is like, "Yeah, no, that's fucked up. You need to do something." Um, but even then, he's like, "Oh, I can't talk to your wife about it when she asks. Um, you've got to, you've got to talk to her. I can't do that. I'm." too of a too much of a man to do that yeah um because <laughs> um, we are men yep um, i think it was Wick, was it wicker park i'm looking back over wicker park yes wicker park is very <laughs> so much where uh, josh hartnett didn't text his girlfriend and then a whole film happened about it <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and there was a, a, a man that we stand matthew lillard selling him some sexy shoes <laughs> That's all I remember about Wicker Park. Apart from the fact that the end scene, he was like stood with his back to the woman he loved while the Coldplay song played for ages. Yeah, sexy shoes, yeah. Matthew Lillard, awkward standing, no mobile yeah. phones. That that's great, a good great film. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so, yeah. So, so that's where the kind of male element of, of toxic masculinity comes in. But then, if we move to the female characters, it's a very different portrayal but it ties into toxic masculinity. So to begin with, you've got Sharon. Sharon! Put the chips on, Sharon! Get, get those Savaloys All in. All right, Derek. Get, get those Savaloys on. Um, so, so Sharon... Um, oi, oi, Savaloy. I think, I think Sharon's role in terms of the portrayal of toxic masculinity can be summed up by the fact that her husband gets sexually assaulted and then raped and her reaction is to kick him out of the house, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> which is, which is incredible. Um, yeah, this, it is not good. She is the worst character in this movie, even though one of them is a rapist stalker who tries to kill someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's because she wants to go back to school. Yeah, it's, it's right. It's right. Um, knowledge is power, but you know what else is power? Dropping a chandelier on someone. Yeah, that's true. There's the two kinds of power. You've got knowledge and chandelier dropping. Having them fall um, through the ceiling of your massive house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, so yeah, so she ties into the whole thing of uh, men not being vulnerable in that way. Um, and then, of course, you've then got Lisa, who is... Um, a, a creepy stalker and and the movie portrayal of her isn't as 
um and and i hate to do the what about the men's here but if the if the if the characters in this movie were swapped the other way it would have been a very very different film yeah um for sure if it was a male temp and a female boss and then the various sexual assaults that happen in this movie um and the sexual aggressiveness it would have been an extremely different movie and i think reactions would have been very very different to the scenes in it and that is where the audience expectation put on by this movie comes into its 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 toxic masculinity trappings where this is seen almost as a a titillating movie you know this isn't portrayed in the grim drama aspect that it would be if 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 the um the events if it was actually acknowledging yes exactly um so instead it's all played as not as a joke but it's played as a a sensational silly film which um it's it's a domestic thriller isn't it it's like all of those books that you read like the bitch next door stole my child or whatever you know all of the books that all of the books that actually sell it's like that <laughs> i couldn't the, get cheese the girl on the train i could like, get it's cheese like for my fajitas yeah <laughs> exactly um, shock yeah. horror <laughs> yeah exactly number one on the bestseller chart for eight weeks yeah th- this is this is a um soft focus b movie but i don't work in trade publishing car. anymore anymore so i'm allowed to, de- allowed to say that <laughs> Those kind of books are boring, stupid. You're, I know you, Paddy. You're just like I only read literary fiction written by fifty-year-old professors about how they want to fuck young women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are the real good books. Those are the only good books that are. Yeah. I'm having an affair with my student. This is hard. The only genre <laughs> of book. Yeah, I also have a family, and here's some weird stuff in Russia or some shit. <laughs> Is 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 the uh, the three chapters in Minsk that add nothing to the overall experience? Um, yeah, fuck those kind of books. Uh, yes, no, I, I agree. I literary agree. fiction is well boring. Genre as we, fiction, as is we well said good. before on this show, books are for nerds anyway. Books are for nerds. You know what's not for nerds? Trash fire films like yeah. Obsessed, trashy thrillers. But it's a domestic, isn't it? The the point I'm trying to make is that these kind of things are popular because people it. It's just like a very, very boring, basic kind of, this could happen to you. Yeah, if you it? if you were upper middle class and you didn't work and you were bored, you could watch this movie and think, oh, this is this is a bad thing, but secretly this is quite exciting to watch. And I wonder if... But it's also slightly aspirational because you, you want to have that massive house and the baby and the sexy Idris Elba working in finance. I mean, yeah, he's the perfect man, isn't he? Yeah. He's Idris Elba. He's fucking rich. What more do you want from a man? Um, I know that I would go out with Rich Idris Elba. Yeah, Idris, if you're listening, we know you are. We know you're a big fan. Um, We have a proposition for (laughs) you. We are are (laughs) obsessed with you. Um, But but yeah, and 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 so again, that that's where the toxic masculinity element comes into it. There, isn't it? It's that this this is a uh, a silly domestic thriller that's kind of aspirational in spite of its perverse nature where you look at their fancy house you look at their perfect life and you aspire to that and you almost think oh i'd love it if if something exciting like that happened yeah which is uh, 50 shades is a bit like that isn't it but with even more of the kind of pantomime of conspicuous consumption yeah and yeah a- Stuff that's risque, but not really risque, and a bit of whipping. Yeah, th- th- this really ties into that, doesn't it? In terms of um, the 
the looking at rich things and pouring at them on your television screen. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really does that, doesn't it? Are you there? Hello. Hello. I don't know what happened then. Did you, did you have to pop out for a second? <laughs> I had to, there was someone at the door claiming to be a long lost friend who was trying to steal my baby. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and your stupid babysitter just let them in. Yeah, that—that's. I mean, worst I, babysitter I, ever. I really feel for that babysitter though, because where did they? Where the fuck did they find her? <laughs> I, that's I, the, the most irresponsible shit I've ever seen in my life. I do feel for her because clearly they had. Um, she'd been listening in and had worked out that a friend was coming over. The babysitter didn't know the friend. And then it, it's hard to impose yourself on someone like that, particularly if you are a 16-year-old girl working for these rich people. You don't want to upset them. No, and I guess you assume that anyone who's in their circle is telling the truth. Yes, yeah, precisely. Especially if they do say that their name is someone who's meant to be coming around like the day after. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't mind, I don't mind the, the, the babysitter. Um, but really, she was also listening to music on her iPod the whole time instead because that's of what, watching that's the baby. What the youths do. Well, the baby is asleep. Yeah, but you still got to listen in case it makes a noise. No, you don't. You leave it to fend for itself. That's how babies <laughs> grow strong. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's that's clearly where I'm going wrong <laughs> with my my feeble son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's you actually incredibly you... strong for his age. He what likes you do, to pick up, like, what, he's got this toy piano, he likes to pick it up and throw it across the room like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> it's, it's really just, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the next step for him, clearly, is to put him in a cave with wolves, and yeah. then he'll beat up the wolves, and that's how he gets even stronger. That That's, you know, you can trust me, I know lots about childcare. And then we'll like, be having wolf for dinner. Yeah, wolf for dinner, that's what you want. Wolf meat. <laughs> delicious wolf wolf meat curry yeah um <laughs> but yeah um but but lots of stupid things happen in this movie and yeah. and that's what i really liked about it this movie is bad and i'm probably never going to watch it again but i enjoyed the various it's not good bad enough for you to want to watch it again no no so so i liked the fact that she went off and then just hung out with their baby for a bit yeah um just held and him. then left it in their car um, that was pointless. Um, I like how she just kept turning up in fancy outfits. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you're a temp. Yeah. You temp for a living. How do you afford like a pearl necklace and all of these fancy dresses? You don't um, think they were gifted to her by a previous Richard Reselva? <laughs> maybe. Maybe she's been successful with a previous Richard Reselva type. Yeah. Um, Who then had to move to Monaco for tax reasons. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then um, I really appreciated the assistant who is the worst assistant in the world and keeps giving away this vital information about his boss. You mean the, the only gay the person in the, in the film who is the office bitch? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because there's no stereotyping. <laughs> what was his name? Patrick. Patrick. Um, yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and his character is amazing. I really love him, and he's I the one who I gives the game him. away. And he's he's all like, yeah. At the end, she re- she rings him up like months after everyone in the office has known everything she's done, <laughs> and um, 
and she's like he's like oh i'm so happy to speak to you please let me give you all this information which is just so stupid yeah, yeah she comes out and says um like he, he he literally says oh i could get fired if i'm speaking to you and then yeah. just like oh here's where idris elba is here's where his wife is um here's a list of his allergies and all of his biggest fears yeah. good luck enjoy them you cheeky criminal Oh, you know, I enjoyed talking to you for the three weeks that you worked here. I'm yeah. very happy to divulge all this information. We became really close after you called me a queen at the Christmas party. <laughs> it is so dumb. Um, and yeah, then a, Very a, a, bad character. A shout out to my other favourite character in this movie, the terrible, terrible cop who is rubbish at her job. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Detective, what's her name? De- Detective Bad Cop who at She's first goes the worst um i don't i don't believe you this is the load of old nonsense then thinks oh wait yeah you're telling the truth um before going well there's not a lot we can do about it good luck with the stalker yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and then she like asks the um the stalker woman loads of questions and she's like oh Maybe there's some truth to what she's saying. And you're like, no, it's complete bollocks and a detective wouldn't do that. Here's a copy of her diary that I got somehow. Do you reckon that do you reckon that Ali Lata gave them her diary as proof? <laughs> yeah. It was like, here's my diary, here's here's explicit explicit um descriptions of all of the sex acts that we've done, because that's definitely a normal thing yeah. that someone point- would keep. All the language around it was really, really kind of... It suddenly got really clinical and weird, didn't it? Like, yeah. She's like, there were lots of graphic sex acts in this diary. She's like, come (laughs) on. Lighten up. Is oh, man. This was such a bad movie. Yeah. Um, It would have been great if she'd just, like, opened it and gone, on this page, she says she fucked you. (laughs) There wasn't even any swearing in this film. What's no, that? no. They say arse, don't they, at some point. And bitch. Um, and bitch, yeah, there's a lot of bitch. Um, I, enjoy, I enjoyed... I enjoyed <laughs> Rob's Der- review of this film, there was a lot uh, of bitch. I enjoyed Derek. Derek! Derek, put the battered sausages in. Yeah. <laughs> got a cue. <laughs> Where are my um, scraps? <laughs> I, enjoyed, I enjoyed Derek um, when when Ali Lata's Lisa is... is comatose naked in his bed having taken an overdose um then trying to save her life and going like bitch breathe breathe you bitch (laughs) (laughs) which was genuinely amazing um i really like how he was so quick to react to try and save her life and and that's kind of the moment i mean you always knew that he was like the most maybe the most sympathetic character in this but that was a moment we thought oh yeah this is clearly he's clearly a good guy this fella whereas when beyonce is in the roof and and like takes a minute to think should i try and save her life or should i let her fall to her death no way <laughs> kill her because that's it's, the thing yeah. it's a it's a great fight scene right it's well choreographed and it flows really neatly and i i, I enjoyed it as as a fight scene but like the whole thing was like it felt like the film was you're, you were supposed to believe at that point that the film had built you up to it by having loads of like Beyonce angry energy about it when actually she didn't know anything about it until 20 minutes before so it just didn't really work as a climax did it no it didn't work at all and I, I think the fight scene was fine but um I don't think it was anything special um and and again I think it comes down to the fact that this movie 
you know it was it was quite tame in terms of you don't think beyonce like shuffling across the the floorboards with like her legs kind of astride with her heels on shuffling backwards across the floorboards in the the attic you don't think that was like that was great sorry the the (laughs) attic beams um yeah i you know when i think of dramatic exciting fight scenes i think of awkwardly shuffling across a couple of beams in high heels that that's yeah. that's what you know i think oh you know you've got the parkour elements of of casino royale what was it the ginger rogers said she did everything fred astaire did but backwards and in high heels it's like that <laughs> it's like that shuffle backwards yeah in heels in an attic um yes yeah, so it was it was fine but again i think it needed to a little bit something else there needed to be like a um the the, the nc needed to be a good quarter of the movie i think yeah um, it needed a bit where they managed. There was cop. There's cops waiting outside the house, you know, because they got word that she's coming back, or they're they've they've had a call out. They didn't. Maybe they didn't do the whole thing where she goes off to be with with her sister, and they just know that she's around. Um, and yeah. then you have a scene where she breaks into the house. Beyonce calls them and is like, "Help me, help me!" Then the cops come in and. Um, Lisa, there's a massive shootout and lisa kills the cops and it turns into a slasher movie um yeah. it turns into halloween for the last quarter of the the movie <laughs> um and and that's what you really needed here is you needed that that absolute nonsense violent end but instead it's an awkward shuffle in an attic then a bloodless crushing by a chandelier and then the movie literally ends about five seconds later yeah yeah where... as soon as that as soon as it's over the movie's done it's like we're not elaborating on this guys come on what do you expect no the movie's over now and i want to know more about the law of lisa um like who is her sister has she done this before with other people um yeah. i want i want an obsessed cinematic universe where they go through all of all of ali Lata's random people that she's become obsessed with over the years because you know she's done it to everyone that she's every company there's always someone that's why she's a temp right yeah exactly exactly you the know. temp chronicles yeah so ali lata you, we know you're a big fan um yeah we know you listen every week get get in touch i think we've got room to turn this into a netflix series where each episode... i was thinking actually while watching this that this is like sub netflix originals shit oh yeah it? yeah yeah that definitely this is this is like low if this is made today this would be a low tier netflix original with no one in it who you know it, it would apart from possibly like one guy who was in third rock from the sun it, or something it would be secret obsession is what it would be. well exactly yeah um yeah, so. it's funny how we keep coming back to that movie when it really was not good. <laughs> it, it was not good. It was disappointing. I think was the main thing, and, yeah. and and this movie was, it was disappointing in certain ways, but equally, it scratched that itch in terms of it being stupid and lots happening. Whereas what I remember from Secret Obsession is that not a lot happened throughout the film. Whereas at least here, you had quite a lot of things going on. Secret Obsession was mostly that woman walking in and out of rooms and looking at pictures. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Whereas here you've got lots of like hotel room nonsense and fancy bars and Christmas parties and things. And the guy who was um, D Day in Animal House. Yes. (laughs) As a fat boss. Yeah. He's he's the. (laughs) Which I really appreciate. He's the sleazy CEO. Um, And they all sit around talking about a piece of ass. Yeah. As you do. I've been in many situations where ass is talked about it's something that and when when the when, with something that makes it sound like it's a it's the meat you're going to eat for dinner 
<laughs> when, when, when the microphones are off, Paddy and I just talk vile, sexist things. You know, oh, as as soon as the show is over, I'm like, mate, do you see that piece of ass? You, you see that that woman? She was really attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd love I to take her out like for to... dinner and then buy her some roses. <laughs> yep. And then watch the room together. <laughs> Piece, piece of ass just sounds wrong, doesn't it? A, uh, Not that piece of ass sounds right, no, but you know what I mean. piece of ass, yeah. It almost sounds like an insult. Oh, you absolute piece of ass! You piece of ass, Derek. What have you dropped the pucker pies in the fryer for? <laughs> You've burnt all the haddock, you numpty. <laughs> uh, so it, I want to visit this chip shop. Idris now. Elba and Ali Lata... I'm sure she can do an English accent. They should yep. play <laughs> Derek and Sharon in their chippy. Either, yeah. A nice little sitcom. Nice little I sitcom. would watch that. This is this is like a BBC two nine PM on a Friday. Yeah, sitcom, and a nineteen ninety yeah. sitcom. It's on after the Britass Empire. Um <laughs> called Something Fishy. Yeah. Um <laughs> And uh, and yeah, it's just the comings and goings of a fish shop. Yeah, you got all the deal, you know, the hilarious people who live in the village. You know. Yeah, it's it's like. Do you remember Dinner Ladies? Yeah, yeah, it'd be like that. Imagine Dinner Ladies, but it's about a fish and chip shop. It's... But you you could have scrapes that are similar to you know the Faulty Towers School of Comedy, where it's like one week they're redecorating, another week there's some you know some tourists staying over in the town, and they're gonna come to the chip shop and they're going to not mention the war. It's going to be like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's, um, yeah. Oh, calamari. What's that, mate? Yeah, we've got onion rings, mate. <laughs> calamari. No, this place is clean. No diseases here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's the one with the health inspectors coming. Yeah. Yeah. Where Idris Elba's trying to get, trying to get a rat in a shoebox, and then it ends up in the deep fat fryer. No, no, yeah, they're doing that. And then another thing that happens in that episode is that they're cleaning the whole place with bleach, but then they leave the bleach out on the side and one of their regular puts it on their chips thinking it's mayo. <laughs> yeah, and, going, and then he dies. Oh, this tastes a bit funny. <laughs> who's, who's, yeah. who's your mayo supplier, Derek? So, oh, same as always. Oh, Jiminy Crickets, you didn't put that on your chips, did you? And then he just collapses. And and he's he, dead. Yeah, and then he's dead. Uh, <laughs> laughter track plays for five minutes. End yep. of episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, whatever the kind of British chip shop equivalent of the Seinfeld base is, <laughs> just a very sad trombone. <laughs> and it's like they, they, you know it's about how on Seinfeld right the guy would do it's keyboard based and he would do it along to every episode like so it's actually in time we need to get a trombone guy who can do that along to this show yeah exactly, exactly. there's probably someone in a scar band who's been furloughed recently yeah can tap up. yeah get in touch guys we can do this we can do this um so, so one thing that I was happy about is that this movie didn't go down the disclosure route now do you know disclosure the band no unfortunately not because the band are quite good um yeah but um, i was gonna say what have they got to do with it <laughs> they they uh they're, <laughs> they're obsessed with me they keep trying to um get into my house and steal my cat 
Um, no, just dis- can't blame them. <laughs> Disclosure is a um, it was a book by Michael Crichton, and then it was turned into a trashy movie, kind of like this in the nineties. Um, and in that, it was um, Demi Moore coming onto Michael Douglas and then claiming uh, sexual assault against him. Oh, um, right. And it's a piece of shit. But I thought that maybe this movie might go down that route. And I'm glad that it didn't, because I think if they added that in, it would have been an element too much of bullshit. Yeah. And I, I yeah. like that they didn't go down that route. And she kept true to her roots of being a creepy stalker. Like, yeah, who, who, sure. That's all there is to who it. Who does not plan ahead, who just makes impulsive decisions <laughs> that never work. And I, I, I like that it, it stuck that through road of zero calculation. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's I'm, a straightforward film. You've got to give it that. Yeah. So I'm glad it didn't go down, uh, down that way. Um, I, I, I just like to point out a couple of reviews. Um, this received a zero from Rolling Stone, <laughs> calling it a rank cheeseball thriller that buries you in cliches and won't even help to dig out yourself out, um, which I like. Um, Good use of the word cheeseball. Appreciate that. <laughs> yep. Not used enough. Um, New York Times said and i'm not sure how accurate this is i think this is a little bit of a suspect thing to say the movie's most disturbing aspect of which the filmmakers could not have been unaware is the physical resemblance between mr elber and miss Larter to oj and nicole brown simpson it, yeah that's a bit of a stretch that's a bit weird i don't know about that yeah um uh <laughs> because <laughs> like that wasn't really in the public consciousness at the time was it this was a long time after that yeah um yeah um so yeah it's 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 good um the uh, the new york daily news said the whole movie seems constructed just to get the singer actress uh, beyonce i assume not idris elba um into a knockdown catfight shoehorning one of the show's business uh, show business's sexiest entertainers into a scorned woman role and even then the payoff feels cheap that's um, fair. Which is fair, which is very, very <laughs> fair. Um, so, yeah, this movie did not go down well with critics. It had a meta score of 25 out of 100, um, which ain't great. It gets slightly better user score on IMDb of 5, but 5 out of 10 on IMDb is not very good. Yeah, um, when you look at some of the nonsense that's in the 8-9 range. Yeah, so, so this movie, I don't think it's maybe got a following. Um, it certainly didn't go down well at the time. Um, but it's funny looking back at, you know, Idris Elba's, you know, he wasn't a massive name in, in 2009, but now he is. And then yeah. Beyonce. And you think, God, this would have been huge if it came out now. Like so this many This is people... like the internet fully stands her. Yeah. Both yeah. of them probably. Oh well, yeah. Idr- Idris Elba. Is and this beloved. is like before stands even were a thing. <laughs> well, when, when did Stan come out? Stan, Stan came oh, out. Oh, that was before this. this. But, but, but the, the use of internet wide concept. Stan, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, because, yeah, I, I love Idris Elba. I don't, think, I don't know if, if I've mentioned how much I love him, but he's brilliant. He's great. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, and because he's great, you forgive him for being in this piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this was, you know, it was, it was post The Wire um, when he was doing odd bits and pieces here and there. Um, he's in 28 Weeks Later, if you remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. Turns up in the office as well, mm-hmm. um, which is which is good. Um, and um, but it was before things like Prometheus or Pacific Rim or Thor, 
um and things like that where he kind of became more of a more of a big name and before those big performances like beasts of no nation um so yeah he's uh he's good he's good and it was even before luther i think um i think luther came and he's, a, he's a dj as he's well. a dj um and, man's got skills and also he's mccavity and cats lest we yeah. forget <laughs> yeah when he's the one who somehow looks the most naked of them all <laughs> exactly um <laughs> it's because he's wearing the coat so because he's yeah. wearing the coat it seems like he's not wearing anything else other than the coat it really accentuated the crotch area didn't it <laughs> Um, Cats, by the way, has 2.7 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> so the film we just watched is worse than Cats, <laughs> yeah. according to IMDb. No, no, no. Uh, Cats is worse than the film we just watched. It's it's almost double as good. Oh, right. I um, see. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, it's five. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking of Metacritic. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's insanely low. 2.7 out of 10. I can't think of the last time I saw a big movie with a score that low. Yeah. Um <laughs> can't say it's undeserved, can we? No, no. Um Soz Cats. And uh, where would you rank Obsessed versus Cats? Um oh they're they're two completely different films. I don't yeah, think but it's we're, really fair to we're compare film them. critics, we've gotta compare everything. Um let's see. <laughs> which one well I guess you have to ask, which one would you rather watch again? Oh. And Cats is really nightmarish, but Obsessed is kind of boring. And it's like, you know that you're... Even though there were, like, enjoyable shit piece things about it that we've just been talking about for some time, watching it again, those things wouldn't land in the same way and it would be boring. Yeah. Whereas, you know, to to relive the horror of Cats again might be a transcendent experience. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think I agree with you. I think maybe i'd rather watch cats the real answer is i'd rather kill myself than watch either again <laughs> um but yeah uh yeah you're probably right you're just you're trying to get right. a shortcut to the heavy side layer that's not how it works <laughs> um anyway right have you got anything else you'd like to say about you gotta be a jellical <laughs> um uh, there's okay there's a couple of just bizarre things in it that i wrote down which is that um at christmas that they have a christmas and it's clearly like the middle of fucking summer and they're trying to have Christmas. And he gives her an unboxed MacBook with a bow on it in front of the tree. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? Did you take <laughs> it out of the box and put a bow on it? Oh, you've got to test out these things before you um, before you give them as gifts, don't you? This is true. It's the, this old, is true. it's the old, if you get a console for your kid, you should unbox it and let it do the system update. Because otherwise the kid's going to get it and then be stuck for, for however long. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And just telling you how much they hate you. Yeah, Dad, how could you do this? Yeah, that's <laughs> Derek oh, oh, and well, Sharon that, that, wouldn't do this. <laughs> that only happens if you don't let your kid go and fight the wolves in the cave. Yeah, exactly. If you let your kid fight the wolves in the cave, which is what all good parents should do, then they'll be yeah. fine, and they won't need a, a console. A software update seems like small. Well, exactly. They won't even need consoles. Yeah, yeah. Consoles are for those weak kids that don't fight wolves. Yeah. <laughs> Feeble kids. Feeble kids who need video yeah. games. I wrote down um, Windows Media Player, and I can't remember why. I think there's a bit <laughs> where it looks like he's using Windows Media Player on his computer. 
<laughs> Gotta love it. And I just wanted to point out how horrible Windows Media Player was and how glad I am that I do not have to use Windows Media Player anymore. I do I do appreciate the ancient um uh outlook interface in this movie when he gets the email. Oh, in. Yeah. Love Terrible. that. Love that shit in films. Um yeah, I'm all over that. And rubbish mobile phones everywhere. And his inability oh. to block her email address as well. Yeah. It's just a name. What's it? Isn't her name just Temp or something like that? Yeah, it's like Temp Girl temp at girl. Hotmail.com. Sexy Temp Girl at Hotmail.com. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so um, yeah, it's uh, it's quite something, isn't it? This movie. Um, so uh, <laughs> have you got uh, got anything else or is that? And also there's this whole thing where Magic Johnson had the executive producer credit, but I can't find any information about how or why that happened. <laughs> just but some serendipity. That's all. Sometimes He's these things happen. Really into it. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he wanted a piece of ass. <laughs> right. So I've, <laughs> I've got some, I've got some trivia for you. Um, oh, good. So, as much as I love Idris Elba, I'm kind of sad that this didn't happen. But originally, LL Cool J was set to play Derek. What? Um, ladies love Cool James. <laughs> they certainly do. They that would have been awesome. Um, that would have increased the trash factor um, incredibly. Um, apparently, the character of Lisa suffers from a mental disorder known as erotomania. Erotomania is excessive sexual desire, um, where someone, of course, where someone believes that another person is in love with them. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a very rare delusional condition, basically, um, which explains everything. Where, where and is not referenced. Um, where um, it, yeah, um, and I imagine that they maybe came up with this bullshit after the fact. Where they were like, "Oh God, yeah. we need to come up with something to explain this." Um, <laughs> yeah, rather than um, working on the inevitable like Lisa backstory prequel movie that we need, which is what we want. We want that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's what we want. Um, so, um, and also, according to the first draft of the script, the scene where Lisa seduces Derek in his car was originally supposed to be more sexually revealing than what was filmed. Um, which yeah that's i guess she gets her pucker pies out in the original script yeah. something like that <laughs> uh, and they fall in the deep fat fryer uh, yeah that are that is his passionate lust um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this chippy um version of this film writes itself yeah but again that's an example of how actually this film kind of plays it safe yeah yeah there could have been a lot more apparently there was also going to be a passionate sex scene between Derek and Sharon writhing around in the scraps um yeah but that, that... <laughs> when instead you just got them in their new massive house like k- kissing on the carpet and men- briefly mentioning sex while they left their child in the buggy downstairs yeah irresponsible pricks <laughs> yeah they should have put him in the wolf wolf cave exactly <laughs> like, their house is massive enough to have a wolf cave attached yeah. probably and equally why didn't beyonce think about unleashing the wolves from the wolf cave when it became apparent that there was a creepy stalker in there uh, yeah because she knows nothing um, can i also point out one little one little extra bit of trivia the film's working title was oh no she didn't seriously <laughs> yeah 
that that makes it that makes it sound like one of those um like how high i know i keep talking about how high recently <laughs> offline but like <laughs> yeah that just sounds like one of those horrible films from yeah the mid 2000s early 2000s yeah um so uh... like a cheech and chong film <laughs> So so one of these days I would love to see the Bizarro Universe version of this where a film called Oh No She Didn't starring LL Cool J and Beyonce <laughs> where where the stalker was much more sexually explicit and there's much more insane bullshit going on sees the yeah. light of day and I think maybe that might be a film worth talking more about. Hell yes, I'd be very up for that. So LL Cool J if you're listening. We know you're listening. I know you listen every week. <laughs> Get in touch. We'll, we'll go make Oh No, She Didn't. Big boys love cool James. Yeah, exactly. It's precisely right. Um, so <laughs> anyway, right, that, that that brings the trivia section to an end. So how are we going to rate this? Um, um, how many times do you endanger your child's life in name of going for dinner? <laughs> oh, I've done that loads of times. Hasn't every parent? <laughs> oh. Whoop. oh, dear. Um, God, imagine going for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, let's see, five times. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. 20. I'm gonna go one higher for breathe, bitch. Uh, so <laughs> I'm gonna go for. It. I'm gonna go up to a. <laughs> That's six. the thing that tips it over the line for you. Yeah, I'm gonna go up for a six because that made me chuckle. Um, but this movie is bad, and you should feel yeah, bad. It is terrible. <laughs> But you should you should watch it just for you know just know that going into it you're watching a shit piece. I think if you're a fan of Beyonce, you, it's definitely worth watching just to have this very strange moment in her career where she was in such a bad movie. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, it's it's a curiosity for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's definitely worth watching just for that. Yeah, for sure. Right, so what do we have up next? Well, we we had a request from friend of the podcast, Killian Curran, to watch St. Elmo's Fire. And I thought, yeah, why not? Because yes. I haven't seen that film in a long time and it has Rob Lowe playing the saxophone in it. So yes. why not? Yeah, and, and you know, the, the very sad news of, of Joel Schumacher's passing um, yes, of really, course. really yeah. ties into that. It's It's worth celebrating one of his most iconic movies that way. And it's been a long time since I watched St. Elmo's Fire. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. Yeah, me too. I didn't realize Joel Schumacher was like eighty in his eighties. Yeah, yeah, been around a long time. Yeah, he's a very, very, very interesting and good CV. Yes, uh, very broad range of stuff, and I'm very, yeah, I'm very excited to watch it. Excellent. Cool. Well, um, as always, thank you very much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. Um, hope you enjoy the show and that you enjoy or slash enjoyed obsessed. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and you want to support us, give us some money. There's a link in our show notes where you can drop um, one off money, any any amount at all. Every, every little helps, as they say. Um, yeah. Even just a few pennies. It's all good. Yeah, whatever you can give would be great because, you know, then we can buy ourselves Pearl Nexus to go out and seduce Idris Elba. Yeah, exactly. Or I can put some money towards the mortgage on my wolf cave. <laughs> Most important thing. You don't want little Johnston Jr. to not grow up with surrounded by wolves, do you? Yeah. I've missed a couple of payments recently and the um 
the mortgage payment holiday holiday scheme that the government put in because of COVID nineteen doesn't cover wolf caves. Oh, well, you it's know, one of these loopholes. It was on the um, the Martin Lewis Money Show this week, actually. But you know, anyway, <laughs> yeah, we got to so yeah, help out Paddy with his wolf cave. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks a lot. We'll be back next week to talk about St. Elmo's fire. Alrighty. Bye bye. All right. Bye.